people deluded i'm back again good morning and i hope you're all doing well and safe whoever you are wherever you are and how you're listening to this welcome back to another edition of the deluded podcast the dg podcast as someone always comments the really and truly podcast um it is what it is whatever you want to call it i'd prefer dg or deluded but all that matters is that you're subscribed you're following you've got you know reminders on and all of those sort of things and that you're tuned back in i know you lot i know you lot are hooked man i know you lot like to hear my voice i know i do a good job of this despite the fact of it being one man starting this podcast and will obviously subsequently unfortunately release this podcast slightly later than usual it's been a bit of a manic one i'm not gonna lie people i actually did some video what to, for context it's 8 42 i've been up since 4 30 i had to do some videos and some other stuff in my personal life i took a little nap and last time i woke up i mean i showered napped took breakfast i mean i had breakfast showered and re- and the rest of it and I, I saw the time i was like let me take a little nap and then i woke up and i was like oh my god it's been manic people i've not been sleeping too good this this last week and definitely obviously when we play a match day i'm not going to get much sleep because you've got live streams you've got editing and the rest of it i make no excuses because i signed up for this life but it is what it is people it's been a good week for arsenal you know we beat man united on sunday we carry on winning the europa league we'll get on to the premier league in a second but hopefully it's positive against aston villa if you're only got the soul shot, there's some serious pressure on you. You losing to Man United, losing to Arsenal at Old Trafford. Obviously, form has been a bit shaky. Hit a, lo- a new low, losing to Istanbul, and obviously Dembélé strikes again. Before I forget, I have to mention I cannot believe the level of defending I was seeing. It seems like them players want him out. I'm seeing one man on the halfway line. I'm seeing silly mistakes from Matic. Um, and I think Tashebi was involved in that as well. Bruno Fernandez playing stupid passes. It's a shambles, man. But let's start with the Europa League. Truest longer. Let's start with the Europa League. Leverkusen won four goals to two. Um, Standard Liège was beating three goals to one against Lech Poznan. Steven Gerrard drew 3-3 with Benfica. That was quite a game based on the highlights, people. My guy Darwin Nunes scored as well, which cemented the vict- Well, cemented three points for the lads. Well, the Benfica lads. Former Arsenal player Glenn Kamara scored in the 25th minute. You obviously have Morelos in the 51st. Um, obviously, there's been two own goals in the game as well. It was quite a good game to watch versus the highlights. I think I've got it recorded over 90 minutes, so I'll be keen to take it in. Nice lost three goals to two against Slavia Prague. Pacal, you know, I wouldn't have seen that coming. Defeated, defeated PSV four goals to one, and it started well for PSV. You know, Daniel Marlon, forgive me if I'm wrong, former Arsenal lad was fouled and obviously subsequently a penalty was given clearly Pakal said nah sir it's not going like that and they smacked them up good result for them Sociedad who are doing get good in the league um the Spanish league that is defeated Azek Alkmaar a goal to nil Roma defeated Cluj five goals to nil Tottenham 1-3-1 against Ludogrets. Big up Harry Kane. I think he's on 200 goals now and obviously he's rapidly closing in on becoming Tottenham's all-time goal scorer he's definitely the best player i've seen in my lifetime play for spurs um you know so it's only fitting he gets such record and only fitting you know an arsenal fan and a former arsenal academy player becomes a spurs legend sort of thing on a serious note you know congratulations to harry kane napoli won 2-1 omonia lost 2-0 to a nut to a spanish side in granada you know rapid vienna in arsenal's group defeated dundalk four goals to three cat yarabag lost to sivar 2-0 Antwerp lost to LSK 1-0 and had a man sent off. 
as did Wolfsburg in their 1-0 defeat against Dynamo Zagreb. Feyenoord won three goals to one. You know, shock result, people, really and truly. I'm sure you all saw Lille defeated AC Milan three goals to nil, put them to the sword. Um, Yassiki, I can't say his name, but he bagged the hat-trick yesterday. And, you know, into AC Milan, that's serious question marks, losing in that fashion. Hoffenheim won 5-0 against Leberic. Red Star beat Gent two goals to one. Celtic, another controversial um, um, result, you know. We had AC Milan, we had PSV were shockers for me. Sparta Prague defeated Celtic four goals to one. And I know you all saw on, on, on BT Chris Sutton getting angry at a Celtic player for playing with his phone. Apparently, it's come out that he was actually checking the AC Milan results. So, again, I don't know, but it's never a good look looking at your phone when you, you know, your team is losing, whether I think it's not that deep or not. Leicester won four goals to nil. Madison assisted a goal for the first time in whoever. And, you know, for Madison, I'm sure he's disappointed to not be in the England team. I know he's had injury issues, but you would have thought a fit James Madison get, gets called up. Arsenal won 4-1. You know, we made it harder than it needed to be initially. Courtesy of an own goal, we went into half-time at 1-1. Obviously, we patterned up in the second half with another own goal, with Pepe getting on the score sheet as well. Um, and obviously, Joel Willock. Like I said, the main going into that game, I didn't want to make it harder than it needed to be. I wanted it to be 4-1 at half-time. It wasn't that sort of story. Ser silly mistake from Leno. He's kicking further called into question. But what can I say? Decent character from the boys to do that. Now, in the first half, we were quite toothless. I think we had five efforts, one on goal. Ended the game with 17 shots, five on target. So, they're still the same old problems. No matter what team goes out there, that were quite toothless in front of goal, were lacking invention. I think Joel Willock and David Luiz had very good games in particular. David Luiz, once again, doing more creativity than actual centre mids. I don't think... I think Xhaka was all right. I don't think Xhaka was poor. Um, but I don't think Xhaka, Ceballos, you know did anything to suggest that you should start ahead of El Nene and Partey. And I actually think Xhaka will be back in the starting lineup against Aston Villa. The game passed Ceballos. Ceballos quite disappointed in Ceballos. You know, Bakayo Saka came on and showed Kolasinac how to whip a ball in and how to look up. Kolasinac was quite woeful. You know, really inability to really just make that overlapping run. And when he did, he wasn't doing anything with, with quality. But either way, what can I say, man? We've got a double hit. Well, second game against Molde to come. We've got to travel to Norway. But it is what it is. We've got nine points, um, three wins from three. You know, that step further to qualifying out of the group stage. So it is what it is. Young boys won 3-0 against CSKA Sofia. Um, AA Kiafins defeated Zora four goals to one. And Una Emre's Villarreal won 4-0 against Tel Aviv. So they keep marching on people. It is what it is, people. It really is what it is. Um, so yeah, man, it's quite it's been quite 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 the upset in terms of Europa League action, in my opinion, people. Um so yeah, obviously big up Kelechi and Nacho for scoring either side of half time. Pret got on the score sheet and obviously Madison in the Leicester game. I always like to see Ianacho score. I think he's a decent player. Should we check the Europa League group stages quickly, people? Because I've noticed in my podcast I don't ever like <clears throat> speak about it. I just wanna is Google gonna bring the group standings? Europa League group standings. Here we go. So Group A, people, you've got Roma at first. You've got and then behind them you've got Young Boys, Cluj, and Sofia. Group B, Arsenal's group were top with nine points. Molda behind us in second with six. Rapid Vienna have three, and sadly Dundalk three games played, no points on the board. 
You've got Slavia, Slavia Pra um, in Group C first. You've got Leverkusen second. Nice on the verge of elimination are third. You know, three points behind second and first. Um, and then you've got Beseva. I can never know the official club names, but they're last with three points as well. Group D, there's still a lot to play for in terms of who will finish top. Benfica and Rangers both on seven points. Leach, Poznan on three. Standard Liège probably will be exiting also on zero points from three games played. Group E, you know, Granada are first, considering their form as business as usual. Big three points for Pacao. It takes them into second on five points. PSV are on three. Amonia on one. Group F, which is quite even, you know. You've got AZ Alkmaar, top six points. Napoli, well, you know what? Sociedad, Napoli, AC Milan, AZ Alkmaar, apologies. Um, AZ's first, Napoli's second. Sociedad's third, they're all on six points. Obviously, goal difference makes the difference. So, that group is still wide open. In Leicester's group, similar to Arsenal, three games played, three, um, three wins equals nine points. You've got Braga behind in second. AEK Athens have are in third with three points. Zora on nil. You know, group H, spare a fort for Celtic. Rock bottom, three games played, one point, probably out. Sparta, Prague are in third with three points. AC Milan are with six, which leaves Napoli top with seven. Uno Emre's Villarreal go marching on their top of their group. Group I with nine points. Tel Aviv behind them with six. Sevospo with three. Kat Yarabag have a grand total of zero people. Um, group J, Spurs have six points. Antwerp have six points. LS, LS, LASK, I can never say that, are on six points. So they're still out. I, I think Spurs will win that group, but, you know, still a lot to play for. Ludogretz rock bottom with zero. Group K, Dynamo Zagreb have five points. Wolfberg have four. Feyenoord have four. CSK Moscow with two. And finally, Group L, you've got Hoffenheim with nine points. You've got, I believe that's Red Star with six. You've got Lobara with three. Gen of Belgium with a grand total of zero. So that's the Europa League action, people. You know, it, it was quite of a shocker. Let's move to the Champions League. Mm-mm. And I'm sure you all watch Champions League action, people. Haaland, you know, the amount of goals this guy scored in the Champions League is ridiculous. I think he's scored against every team he has played in the Champions League, people. It's crazy. Um, this was obviously Borussia Dortmund's first win in five away Champions League meetings. They previously lost four in a row. Um, Club Bruges, who they defeated three goals to nil, remained winless in 12 Champions League home matches, which is quite crazy. That stretches back to 2005, their last win. And it was also Borussia Dortmund's biggest margin of victory in an away game in Europe since they won 6-0 <coughs> against Legia Warsaw. <coughs> Apologies, people. It says Warsaw. I can't pronounce that. <coughs> but it was in the 2016-17 season. You know, a brace from Highland and a goal from Forgan Hazard cemented the 3-0 victory for them, boys, people. And I was a bit disappointed. I think Reina played all right. It was nice to see Brandt again, but... Obviously, to see Jude Bellingham and Jaden Sanjo on the bench, you're never going to be happy. Obviously, Bellingham came off the bench. Sanjo played no part. Um, so, it is well, it is that Reina guy who's on loan from Real Madrid did play, though. So, it is what it is in that regards, people. It really, it really is, you know. Salzburg were defeated 6-2 against Bayern Munich, as you lot all saw. People, Dominic Shabozlai, watch. He, he weren't amazing, but he wasn't out of place either way. Bayern Munich are beating in their last 15 away Champions League matches, people. Salzburg have lost all five of their UEFA Champions League matches against the reigning champions. Um, there's been seven goals in 
seven matches in which a side has scored six plus goals in a UO, in a UEFA Champions League game since the start of last season with Bayern Munich responsible for four of them. So Bayern Munich are not romantic. They're just here to smack up teams. Um, Gladbach won 6-0, people, against um, Shakhtar Donetsk. Shakhtar have, been quite well, have been done quite well in the Champions League, people, until obviously then. Um, but it is what it is in that regards, people. It really is. Lo uh, Locomotive Moscow got a good point. Drew 1-1 with Atletico Madrid. You know, Real Madrid versus Inter Milan is always going to be a political one, people. And it was. It was a very close encounter. Obviously, Martinez got on the score sheet. Peris um, Perisic did. But you know the clutch heroes for Real Madrid are always going to have something to say. You know, Benzema actually got Real Madrid off to a flyer and before, obviously, Sergio Ramos put them 2-1 ahead. Obviously, two minutes later after Ramos scored, it was a bit nervy because Martinez scored. It seemed like Inter Milan would get a point in the 68th minute. Young with Drago sealed three points for Real Madrid and it was a badly needed three points for Real Madrid because they've been messing around. You know, you have to big up Diego Jota for what he did against... Um, against Atlanta that was probably one of the Atlanta that was probably one of the highlights of the Champions League people Yotta has had to say he started well and started fast to life at um, Liverpool in Merseyside would be an understatement you know he's putting real pressure on someone like Firmino to take him out of the team you know he got he got a hat-trick Mane and Salah also got on the score sheet but it's all the Yotta show and you can see why he brought him and I know many people myself included thought Yotta was coming to compliment the Liverpool side and be a rotation option. He's doing what he can to be a regular starter. Atlanta have gained a lot of plaudits for the way they've been playing football over the last 18 months, two years. You know, they, there was none of that. It was fully a one-sided contest, people, really, really and truly, you know. Even that ruthless counter-attack that, that Mo Salah scored from, you know, they Liverpool put them to the sword, really did. And obviously, I believe, off the top of my head, Liverpool have Manchester City on the weekend. I could be wrong. We'll speak about that when it's Premier League time. But it is what it is. Man City, again, to beat Olympiacos is a tough game. They won 3-0. You know, the scoreline flatters them a bit. It was 1-0 for large periods of the game. You know, Ferran Torres in the 12th minute keeps scoring, keeps up his good run of form. Before, obviously, in the last 10 minutes, Gab Jesus got on the score sheet. And obviously, also did Cancelo, which, again, flatters the scoreline a bit. With that, though, Manchester City have won each of their first three matches in a UEFA Champions League campaign. For the third time in four seasons, they failed to do that in the previous six seasons in the competition. And obviously, Olympiacos have become the 48th different side City have beat in European competition. Olympiacos have lost nine consecutive away games in UEFA Champions League, which is their worst ever run in the competition. So spare a thought for them. Porto in Manchester City's group, you know, defeated Marseille three goals to nil. It was quite a woeful game. You know, Marseille of late have hit a bad, a bit of a rough patch. You know, good good luck to Porto, man. They're doing what they can. Marseille have lost each of their last 12 Champions League games, people, which is quite crazy. This is what the statistics are saying. Porto have won their last seven home group stage games in the Champions League, their longest such run in the competition. They've obviously netted 21 goals in these seven games, conceding just five in return. Quite the impressive one from Porto. It's been a crazy... Like you could see, since the Champions League started... There's been some good games and, you know, none of these games disappointed. Gladbach put, um, put the Nets to the sword and Chiram's been called up to the French side. Obviously, I'm sure you all saw PSG, Oppo Well, PSG were poor for themselves, but Oppo Meccano has been in a poor run of form. You know, got destroyed against Man United. Wasn't much better against, against obviously, P 
PSG, sorry, and he's not been called into the French national side. Has his form been affected with spe early speculation over his future? Potentially, but he's just probably in poor form. If I had to pick a highlight of this game of, of this game week, I would say for me personally, it was Real Madrid versus Inter Milan. I think that was a very good game. I also think Bayern Munich versus Salzburg, versus Salzburg was also good. And now actually, you can't not put Jota, Liverpool versus Atlanta. Like watching the game again, I had it on record. Fantastic game. Um, in fact, the highlight is to come, people. The highlight is to come. Ajax won 2-1 um, against Michelin. But the highlight, I take back everything I said. The highlight of the of this game week was obviously Manchester United losing two goals to one against Istanbul. Cannot pronounce that last name. Completely outclassed, you know. Istanbul had nine shots, three on target. Fair enough, United had ten and had two on target. Which team has spent more money to assembling that XI, you know. Further pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Stupid defensive mistakes from Manchester United, to put it nicely. It's banter. It seems like the players are trying to get him sacked based on what I saw. You know, there's speculation over players, over individual players. But it was poor, man. Obviously, bringing on, bringing on Cavani, Pogba, Greenwood, all these men was in vain. You know, Martial got a goal to kind of make things nervy. But they already put to the sword, man. Really by that. They killed themselves in the first half by going two goals down. Shout out to Denver Bar. And like I said, people, criminal the counter-attack Denver Bar scored from, or the goal, the, the sequence of play better yet that Denver Bar scored from. Criminal defending, to put it nicely. Absolutely woeful. Um, sadly, this this result ended Manchester United's longest away winning run in all competitions in their history, which was 10 straight wins. Um, you know, this is this was only Istanbul's second win in nine UEFA Champions League matches. And Man United seem to have a thing against Turkish teams. They've lost four of their last six away games at Turkish competition in all comps, including each of their last three. So there's something, there's a bit of a hoodoo whenever Man United play in Turkey. But big up the Turkish side because they did Istanbul did what they needed to do to provide banter to the football community. And there's real pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. There's a lot of talk of Pochettino, and obviously when you see him making appearances on TV in England, why is he doing that? He's not doing it for no reason. It seems nailed on to go Manchester United. Apparently, the board retained faith in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. For whatever reason, I don't know. I want whatever they're smoking. They must be the loudest, but they are. Um, as long as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is at Manchester United, United cannot, you know, return to glory days. They can, you know, right now, Man United is a sleeping giant and that the resources are there to, to be challenging Liverpool and, and City and whatnot. But the force, the forward planning isn't there from those above. And it's not there from the manager. The manager hasn't got any pedigree. Now, people will say Poch ain't won a title and things like that. But Poch can build a team. Poch has a clear way of playing. You know, Poch will... I think Poch's record with young players is vastly overstated. But he will give young players opportunities. And he will... <clears throat> he does reflect Man United's values more. Now, that is obviously... The only way you can disagree with that is because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a Man United fan favourite, cult hero, legend, whatever term... But in terms of the manager, there's hardly anything to believe in. You can see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in his face. He doesn't believe the excuses he's coming out with. I didn't. He looked like he <clears throat> he didn't believe what he was saying against Arsenal. He didn't look like similarly believe what he was saying in the post game comments. He clearly is a <clears throat> apologies is a man on borrowed time. I simply, in football terms, a dead man walking. So it is what it is. He has to face the music. Zenit St. Petersburg and Lazio drew one one. People. Um, Juventus beat Ferran Carlos. I can't say their name, but four goals to one. Morata obviously bagged the brace. An own goal helped them as well. And we cannot forget Dybala, who's a lot of spe speculation over his contract. 
also getting on the score sheet. Um, I did think Barcelona made things harder than it had to be. You know, Messi scored in the fifth minute, a penalty. Obviously, PK made it 2-0 before the late scare from Dynamo Kiev. But it's a 2-1 victory. I'm sure you've all seen... Like I said, I don't think... Before I forget go into what I was going to say, I don't think Barcelona really <clears throat> took advantage of their pressure. They didn't try and exploit them. They, just didn't really, they didn't really have that cutting edge, really, and truly, by watching them. And I'm sure you've all seen the highlight of Messi absolutely poor attempt of, of pressing and I mean that sums up Barcelona really As shout out to Messi he's a great player but come on now you can't be doing that that press you know it was ridiculous but either way it is where it is Seville 10 men Seville won 3 goals to 2 against Cristondo can never say their name you know Chelsea have been improving in terms of defensive record of late and they defeated Rennes 3 goals to nil who should feel upset to have a man sent off. I'm not even going to get into the whole VAR business, but you all saw it. You know, although Leipzig and, and Opamakano had a terrible game, at the end of the day, they won 2-1 against against PSG. Again, more pressure on Tuchel, more, extremely more pressure on Tuchel um, and PSG. You know, no Neymar, no Mbappe, no party, simply put people. It's, it's a shocker. Um, they're in they're in a lot of trouble really and in, on the topic of Tuchel there's there's obviously a lot of pressure on him he is him he himself has said the press in France always asks the question and say that I'm in danger it's been like that since my arrival I don't know why it's the impression that the press and the environment are very very critical that's how it is we can accept that it's not it does not change my work with the team and the staff it's the life of a coach in Paris it's never enough no problem for me these are difficult phases in sport. Our expectation is not to win each match. We also know what state we are in in each match. Today it was possible to win. It was possible to draw in the same match. If we win against Leipzig on November the 24th at the Parc de France, the situation is totally different. And, you know, his captain has, has been supporting and rallying behind his manager as well, people. And he said... Of course, we support him. We know how football is. It is the coach who has had the best season in club history. Football has no patience. We need to focus on the real things. Today, he is our coach at PSG. We we have confidence in him. If things aren't going well, it's not just the coach's fault. The, player can, the players can do better. When you're on the pitch, you have to fight to win, no matter how you play, good or bad. And that is facts, people. I also forgot to mention off-topic that Kai Hervite sadly has tested positive for COVID-19. Wish him a speedy recovery, people. You know, it's never nice. It's never nice to hear that. It's never nice to see that, people. And also, you know, there's a lot is said about Lampard and Chelsea's defending and by myself, rightly so. But, you know, they've conceded 11 goals from their first five Premier League games, people. And they were rightly questioned. But they've now kept five consecutive clean sheets in all competitions, people. Um, this is for the first time since 2010. Um, you know, that last came under Carlo Ancelotti. And also with that, you know, their new signing who's joined from Renz Mendy has allowed just one goal in his seven games. So they have, I won't say they've turned a corner defensively, but there's been some improvement, people. Um, in relation to Juventus's game, Perlo, despite winning 4-1, has accused his players of being egotistical and guilty of complacency. Um, it's crazy. He said, we're satisfied with the result, but we could have done much better in terms of the performance. We made a lot of mistakes down to complacency, so we need to improve. I talk to my players a lot, but they make choices when they are on the pitch. 
they could have been less egotistical and killed off the game earlier. So again, he's, that tells you Perlo thinks the scoreline flattered us. Perlo thinks we should have done more. We could have done more. They could have been more cutting edge. And that's what you want to see. There's a lot of speculation over Perlo. Admittedly, I'm yet to see his identity at Juventus. But he said, we are playing with two forwards plus two wide men. Once we get everyone in shape, we can evaluate who to use together. So far, not everyone has been 100%. So it is normal to rotate and leave one out. Um, he was then asked on <clears throat> the decision to substitute Arthur at half-time. He said, Arthur wasn't well from the start. He fell ill and was nauseous. We were ready to substitute him after 20 minutes, but he wanted to finish the half. His position should be slightly more advanced compared to today, but he was struggling to breathe and run today. So he was deeper to help him recover and compensate. Is that true? It probably is, but maybe he was having a poor performance. It doesn't seem that Perlo necessarily rates Arthur. It's early days in his tenure at Juventus, so I don't want to draw conclusions, but that's genuinely what I believe and see. Now, if I if you allow me one second, people, Champions League group standings, I can tell you exactly what the Champions League group standings look like. And you've got Bayern Munich in Group A in first, nine points, Atletico with four in second, Lokomotiv third with two. And I didn't think, I, I, I thought at least Salzburg would get a Europa League spot. They're one place behind in what in fourth with one point from three games played now they can still qualify for europe but it's a mad thing group b sees gladback first Schalke shattered the next second real madrid third and inter milan fourth and on the brink there's still there's still a lot of football in the champions league group stages to be played people but boy boy group c's business as usual as expected manchester city are first porto are second olympiacos third marseille fourth um, you know, Group D, no surprises with Liverpool first with nine points. Ajax in second with with four points. Third place is Atlanta. Michelin are zero. Rock bottom with, with, with no points. Group E, Chelsea are top. Seville are behind them. Krenz Dundor, I can never say that name. Laugh if you want. Are third. Renz are fourth. Been disappointed with Renz from what I saw. I would have thought they would have gave a better account of themselves in the Champions League. Group F, Borussia Dortmund are first. You've got Lazio with second place. Club Bruges are third. Zenit St. Petersburg are fourth. Group G, which is Juventus and Barcelona, sees Barcelona top Juventus second. Kiev and Ferrocavos are third and fourth, respectively. Finally, Group H sees Manchester United. Remember, they've still got good results against Leipzig and PSG people. And still, you know, I'd back them to beat Istanbul at, at Old Trafford. So we've got to remember, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, three games played, two wins, one defeat. You know, done the business against the two better teams in the opposition. But now the group is wide open because they failed to cement it. Man United are still first, but they're on six points. Leipzig after beating PSG are, are second with six points. PSG, three games played, ha have only three points. So they're really flirting with going out of this tournament. And right now, for Arsenal, there's some serious teams dropping into the Europa League. Like right now, if it was to end, PSG are dropping in. You know, looking at it, PSG, you'd have Atlanta, you'd have Olympiacos, Real Madrid would be dropping into it, and Luke Locomotive Moscow, so it'd be a bit booky. So I want a lot of these teams to start improving because a lot of these teams, I don't want them to drop into the, to the Europa League. And I'm sure Spurs fans actually don't either, same way Leicester probably don't. But moving away from that, though, people, that's Europe done and dusted. We'll deal with that. I don't think it's Champions League or Europa League next week. I think there's... A slight break and then we're back again. I don't know. I could be wrong. But moving away from that though, people. And let's talk about the Premier League now. To kick off, make sure you do your FPL teams from early. Because at 5.30, you have Brighton versus Burnley. Um, which is due to be a tasty one. You know, both teams need to get a win, really. 
Brighton have won just one of their last six Premier League meetings with Burnley people. Um, and it was in the last game against them. Burnley are unbeaten in their last four away league games against Brighton. Brighton have won three of their last four Premier League games played on a Friday. You know, for Burnley, Burnley are winless in their last 10 top flight away games played on a Friday, people. Brighton have won just one of their last 12 Premier League home games. So that game could throw a spanner in the works. Southampton, you know, got a big three points against Aston Villa. We welcome Newcastle at 8pm today. Newcastle after a seven-game um, unbeaten run. Sorry, after a seven-game unbeaten run against Newcastle, Southampton have lost four of their last five against the Magpies in the league. Newcastle won this um, fixture last season, so we'll have to see. Southampton have lost all three of their home Premier League games played on Fridays by an aggregate scoreline of 2-15, to which is quite scary, people. This will be Newcastle's 12th Premier League game played on a Friday, people, so we'll have to see what it's saying. You've got, you know, 12.30 is a big clash on Saturday. This is D-Day for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He'll lose his job if he doesn't get a good result against Everton. Maybe his future has been decided regardless of what happens. But they've got to go to Goodison Park now. New Everton lost last week, you know, back-to-back -back defeats. But they've had a, a good start to the season. You know, winning will give Ole Gunnar Solskjaer a breather. But he needs to get three points. Everton are unbeaten in their last three league games against Manchester United, with both games last season ending 1-1. Hopefully, Calvert-Lewin seals United's fate. Man United have won more Premier League games um, against Everton than any other side in the competition's history. Everton are looking to avoid three consecutive Premier League games defeats for the first time since December 2019. Carlo Ancelotti hasn't lost three in a row since 2006 with AC Milan. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. Man United have won each of their last six Premier League away games. Um, so that might give them some confidence going into it. You've got Crystal Palace versus Leeds. That should be a tasty one at three o'clock tomorrow, which is Saturday. Palace are unbeaten in their last four home league games against Leeds. Leeds have won three of their last four Premier League meetings with Crystal Palace. However, Leeds have won just one of their last 20 away league games against London sides, people. Um, so we'll have to see. For Crystal Palace, Palace have lost two of their last three meetings with promoted sides, people. So we'll have to see. Apparently, 49% of Crystal Palace's all-time Premier League defeats have come at home. So again, there's plenty of statistics to, to go either way with either team in this competition. It could go either way on Saturday, people. Chelsea versus Sheffield United. Sheffield United and Chris Wilder have been in a woeful bit of form. And you have to wonder, with every sort of woeful performance, when is they going to be question marks over Chris Wilder's future and Sean Dykes at Burnley really and truly um, and, and to illustrate that point one point from seven games is obviously Sheffield United's joint worst start to a league campaign in their history people they finished bottom the last time they did that in 1975-76 um, so yeah the, the Blades haven't remained winless in their first eight games of a league campaign since 1990-91. Sheffield are one of just four clubs against whom Chelsea have lost more Premier League games than they've won. So again, that could be a positive omen for them. Chelsea are unbeaten in their last five Premier League home games, people. Premier League games, apologies, not home games. Are quite poor. As you lot know, Chelsea have conceded exactly twice in five of their last six home league games against Sheffield United. Um, Sheffield avoided defeat obviously in both games last season they won 2-0 well they drew 2-2 at a point I'm sure you've all seen coming from 2-0 down in this exact fixture last year so I'm sure Lampard is, has been briefed and won't be happy West Bromwich Albion need to win they welcome Spurs to the Hawthorns third place Spurs 
go to their place. And, you know, I expect Spurs to run riot. But West Ham, at West Brom, apologies, won their last Premier League encounter in 2018 with Spurs. Spurs have conceded just six goals in their last eight Premier League meetings against West Brom. And are never more than never more than once in that run. 46% of Premier League meetings between these two sides have ended in draws. Spurs lost their last Premier League game against a promoted side, 3-1 against Sheffield United in July. They've not lost such consecutive matches since 2012 when they lost against Norwich and QPR under Harry Redknapp. West Brom are winless in their last eight Premier League games, losing five and drawing three. They've also shipped 18 goals and failed to score in five different games. Simply put, they're a team that will be going back to the championship and a team not good enough for the league, people. But if they want to prove people wrong and make people like myself eat humble pie, they need to start getting results on the board. It's as simple as that, people. West Ham welcome Fulham to their place. A London derby of sorts, people. will have to see what happens in that game. Fulham haven't kept a clean sheet in any of their last 15 Premier League meetings with West Ham, people. West Ham are obviously unbeaten in their last 10 at home against against Fulham as well. West Ham have kept, however, just two clean sheets in their last 13 home games since David Moyes returned to the club, people. So we'll have to see. Fulham are looking to secure back-to-back Premier League victories for the first time since April 2019 as well. So that game's due to throw up several things. You've got the big one as well in Leicester versus Wolves. That's going to be a good, tasty game. Leicester have won, have lost just one of their last 23 home league games against Wolves. Wolves are obviously winless in their last 10 away games against Leicester since a 2-1 victory in 1971. Half of the six Premier League games between these two sides has finished nil-nil, with the other three producing a total of 16 goals. So it can either be zero, it can go zero to 100 very quickly, people. Um... Big up Leicester, no team has won more Premier League games than Leicester so far this season. While coming into the weekend, only Spurs with 18 have scored more than Leicester, which is only one because Spurs have 18, Leicester have 17. You know, Leicester have lost three of their last four home Premier League games. So we'll have to see what happens, man. You've got Man City versus Liverpool. Is it too early to say the league decider potentially? But you'd imagine... In a season where no team is really trying to claim a spot, you'd imagine both of these teams, despite not being at their best, will be the teams that occupy first and second. I hope I'm wrong and I hope Arsenal can get in there, but I'm not with the dreaming people. I don't do the dreaming thing, but it's going to go either way. And you'd imagine Man City have never had a better time to play Liverpool. It's not a full strength Liverpool side. There's no Van Dijk, there's no Fabinho. There's probably one more name I'm missing. Obviously, there's an inform Yota. Any team with Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, you've got to take seriously. Firmino's still a bad boy. I'm not too sure on Thiago's fitness levels, but there's still a threat. But you do have to wonder. There's, I'd say there's more question marks if City don't win this game because it's not a full-strength Liverpool team. It's not the end of the world if neither team gets three points. You know, both teams will take a draw. But I do think, at least in terms of bucking Liverpool of recent years, this is where you could say Liverpool are there for the taking. Liverpool are probably their most fragile when City's played them. So it's a big test of City's credentials, as it is Liverpool. You know, everything's gone right for Liverpool. They've kept the majority of their squad fit last season. Can they still do it? Their injuries are still a part, a part and parcel of the game. So it's how they react. You know, there's a prospect of young Reese Williams playing. Maybe Nat Phillips will get the nod. Who knows? Um... <clears throat> With that being said, Man City have won three of their last three home league games against Liverpool by an aggregate of 11-1. They've not won four consecutive against the Reds at home since 1937. Liverpool haven't kept a clean sheet in any of their last 10 away league games against Man City, conceding 26 goals in total. 
Manchester City have won nine of their last 10 Premier League games against the, against reigning champions. Uh, Man City are looking to win consecutive league games for the first time this season. Already this season, Liverpool have conceded 15 in seven Premier League games, as many as they shipped in their first 26 league games last term. It's the most they've conceded um, seven games into the campaign since 1964-1965, where they also conceded 15 goals. So that's undoubted. I'd say the biggest games for me, obviously I'm an Arsenal fan, we're going to get onto Villa. That's the biggest game of the weekend for me because that's my club. But I would say the biggest games... Obviously, City versus Liverpool, it could be a title decider. I would also say Everton against Manchester United purely because of the speculation surrounding Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's contract. On that, I do think Pochettino is going to Manchester United. I do think Manchester United is the club for him. But is it worth sitting on his hands for a sec? Because, you know, it, again, you never know what could happen. But, you know, is it smart to take over mid-season? You don't have to deal with somebody else's mess. I do think there's reason to. I do think there's reasons to sit on your hands and wait. You know, I think the United job is his and the most likely. But there's also City. What happens with Pep Guardiola? You probably are sitting on your hands for a year, but at least for a season. But if you don't sign a new deal, you also have City as well as Man United as an option. I'm not saying all these clubs are going to wait for you. You know, what happens at his former club PSG over Tuchel? You know, there seems to be a lot of clubs interested. So while I believe Man United's gone for him, maybe it could be best sitting on your hands because do you really want to take over someone's mess mid-season? There's reasons too. Or you could do what Conte said. Conte said he didn't join Real Madrid. He didn't want to take over someone's mess midway through the season. So we'll have to see what happens. But they're the two big games for me. Obviously, save the best till last. You've got Arsenal versus Aston Villa. The two teams, I believe, with the best defensive records in the league definitely in Arsenal's case you know at Arsenal we need to get back to winning ways and putting a consistent run the Man United result last week's fantastic in isolation but it is what it is we can't rest on our laurels we won in midweek in the Europa League it's time to keep that going people really and truly and it's an informed Villa team you've got Jack Grealish playing out of his skin Ross Barkley playing out of his skin Ollie Watkins when called upon a decent player John McGinn, very underrated in terms of Premier League. So there's a lot of players that can cause issues. Now, in their last game against Southampton, well, in Southampton, well, I swear it was Villa versus Southampton in the last game. And Ward Prowse obviously bagged two free kicks. That defending was atrocious. So there is cause for Ar there is cause for concern with Aston Villa. There is cause for Arsenal to exploit. But equally, Arsenal have made things harder than it needed to be, man. The Leicester game, the Sheffield United having to wait in the second half, got away with it against West Ham. There hasn't been too many perfect performances domestically for Arsenal in the league. If any, I would only give it Fulham because we were quality. Um, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll say United, man. Fair enough, we didn't have enough efforts from open play. But I'd say United was a perfect performance because clean sheet and everything there. But... <clears throat> In relation to the Villa game, Arsenal have won their last three home league games against Aston Villa. Um, so we'll have to see what happens. However, um, you know, Aston Villa know how to play us at the Emirates. Only Chelsea, and Man, only Chelsea, Man United and Man City have won more Premier League away games at the Emirates than Aston Villa with three. Aston Villa are looking to win consecutive league games against Arsenal for the first time since 1988. Both those victories um, came at Villa Park, people. So it is what it is. Aston Villa's 1-0 win against Arsenal at Villa Park in July ended a run of seven straight defeats against Arsenal um, in all comps, which they conceded 23 goals. You know, Arsenal, obviously, we lost to Leicester in our last home league game, which was our first home defeat of 2010, 2020. Wish it was 2010, would be 10 years younger. They last lost back-to-back -back league games at the Emirates in December 2019, where that was a run of three. 
and the last time we fell to score in consecutive games was at home in February 2016. Aston Villa are the only side yet to concede away from home in the Premier League this season, but they're the only side not to keep a clean sheet on the road this season. What? I have to read that again. Aston Villa are the only side yet to concede away from home in the Premier League this season, while they're the only side not to keep a clean sheet on the road in the competition last season. Okay, I did read it again. I'm a bit sleepy, as I said. So we know they don't they travel well, but we you'd be imagine you'd be inclined to believe, you know, we could score goals against this Aston Villa team. But it comes down to Arsenal. Are we going to break them down? Are we going to play free flowing football, or are we going to play slow, rigid, you know? negative football like we've been doing you know people are passing five yards in front of each other people are not taking risks and things like that we'll have to see what arsenal specifically turns up in that regards people moving away from that though apparently uefa have ripped to fifa to get rid of the homegrown home a man said homegrown handball rule apparently the fifa president has written to um infatano to request a change to the handball law as you lot know it's been a madness people um, the law is now obviously considered strict, stricter and obviously as a result is there's been a whole host of penalty decisions being awarded for the most harsh and accidental cases of handball which has left managers, supporters and players obviously feeling a sense of injustice and bemusement. As the UEFA president said, he said, the attempt to strictly define the cases where handling the ball is an offence has resulted in many unfair decisions which has been met with growing frustration and discomfort by the football community. The spirit of the game must be preserved at all times. I believe that going back to the previous wording, perhaps reviewed and, in, and integrated by a provision which does not allow goals to be scored with a hand or arm is an option to be taken into account. It happens quite frequently that the ball accidentally hits hands or arms of players, but the spirit of the law is clearly that these cases being unavoidable, they should not be punished in order to avoid excessive fragmentation of the game and even to allow hazardous situations to decide the result of games um, this was written on the 27th of october and i'm all sure you've seen especially with the chelsea and wrens game where there was a bit of controversy um where obviously their fullback is it dalbert was shown a second yellow after tammy abraham's effort deflected off the defender's leg and onto his unstretched arm which was obviously led to a red card and a penalty which was a bit of a madness people so we'll have to see if that one there if that one there changes. We've also seen as well people apparently after this weekend the Premier League is to scrap at least in this current format that fourteen ninety five nonsense for games. And it's nice to see. Fans was tired of being regulated. Simply put, we're not paying for that. We're streaming, we're giving money to food banks, we're not doing that. So it, this just this just tells me that there were ways around it. You just thought, you know what, typically let's let the fans pick up the bills. Like night we haven't got enough bills to deal with. So it is what it is in that regards, people. But I don't think I've got anything else. Oh, sorry, people. We forgot to even talk about the England squad um, briefly. Obviously, in relation to the England squad, congratulations to Arsenal's um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Bakayo Saka. Um, would have liked to have seen Greenwood in here. But again, his form hasn't been the best. Not that I believe, you know, that's a reason to keep him out. Madison must not be fit enough to be integrated into this team because he missed out. Danny Ings, maybe if he was fit and wasn't injured, he'd be called up. He definitely deserves it. But looking at the England team, you've got Pickford, a lot of scrutiny over his name. And you've seen Southgate saying nobody is challenging for that spot. Maybe if Dean Henderson was playing on a regular basis, he would. Um, and Nick Pope, I don't feel started well for Burnley. Pardon me for Burnley. The goalkeeping situation is what's going to let our country down, in my opinion, in the tournament. But you've got Pickford, Pope, Henderson in goal. 
Our defenders, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Chilwell, Connor Cody of Wolves, Dyer of Spurs, Gomez of Liverpool, Rhys James, Michael Keane, Harry Maguire, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Tyrone Mings, who I don't think is, should be there, Saka of Arsenal, Kieran Trippier and Manchester City's Kyle Walker. In midfield, Phil Foden returns. You've got Jordan Henderson. Jack Grealish had to be there. Mason Mount is all, is a favourite of Southgate. You've got Declan Rice. Ward-Prowse deserves it. Harry Winks is just going to be there. You know, people are just getting selected for the sake of being selected. You know, I don't see what... What's the need for Winks? Like, you've got Henderson. You've got you, you've got Mount. I mean, you've got Henderson, Ward-Prowse and Grealish. I mean, and, and Declan Rice. Rice, Ward-Prowse and Henderson. What is Harry Winks bringing to that table? You know, what is he? It's too negative. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily bring Barkley, but Barkley's form has been good. Why isn't Barkley there? Again, James Madison hasn't been fully fit, but a half fit James Madison is going to bring more to the table than Winks, especially when you've got people who can do what Winks would probably do each to their own. But I think that one day is pointless. Up front, Calvert Lewin deserves his place and he's back. Tam Tammy Abraham is playing well, in my opinion, for Chelsea. He might not be setting the world alight. Harry Kane, you know, I don't need to explain to you why he should be there. Marcus Rashford's also there. You've got Jaden Sanjo and you've got Raheem Sterling. I'm happy with those options. Would have liked to have seen Greenwood. Um, maybe could have skipped out Harry Winks. People that I wouldn't necessarily have called up. Winks wouldn't be there for me. Um, Winks wouldn't be there. I'd say Winks, Tyrone Mings wouldn't be there for me. Would be the, the ones in particular. Um, I just think there's no need for bear of these men really. But they'd be the only ones I've got to speculate over. So... That's the England side for you. That's the England squad, people. Um, on the topic of the pay-per-view games, apparently, you know, clubs voted yesterday. There's still further discussions with broadcast partners before plans are confirmed, but it's widely expected after this weekend that that is a myth. Finally, people, and the last thing I'm going to end you with, I'm sure you've all seen Mohamedou Sako, the Crystal Palace centre-half, has accepted substantial damages from Wilder, that's the World Anti-Doping Agency, over allegations he took banned performance-enhancing drugs. We all know in 2016 this potentially cost him a Europa League spot and also cost him a place for France um, due to briefly being suspended for testing positive for a fat-burning substance. substance. Um, apparently, Wilder's, Wilder's lawyer said the agency accepts it should not have made the defamatory defamatory you know when it's a defamation of character i can't say that word but they you know they're basically upsetting it that they did that death famority allegations i i need to go english class or something i like i said he missed the europa league final against seville as a result of the ban and and, and whatnot so it did also potentially cost him a place in the euro spot himself having been cleared um well he's cleared in 2016 and obviously cleared again um it's sako has said i'm pleased with Wilder's, accept, Wilder's acceptance that I did not breach the UEFA anti-doping anti regulations. It did not cheat. I did not cheat, sorry. Had no intention of gaining any advantage and acted in good faith. I'm also pleased that they have apologised to me and agreed to pay substantial sums in damages. I consider myself vindicated and now look forward to continuing my career. This is the worst thing you can be accused of, doping. Today is a big day for my story facts people and he deserves everything apparently his his barrister julian santos said um allegations were republished by a large number of media organizations to many millions of readers which caused serious harm to sacco's reputation which it did um he said one had apologized and agreed to pay a substantial sum by way of competition 
compensation, sorry, and not repeat the allegations. They also said um, the agency accepts Mikel, Mr. Sacco did not breach the UEFA anti-doping regulations, did not cheat, had no intention of gaining any advantage and acted in good faith. He said um, WADA regrets, regrets the, the, the damage, the defamatory allegations caused to Mr. Sacco's reputation and distress, hurt and embarrassment caused to him. Go and get your millions, King. Go and get your bands, cause for me, I'd say you cost me a spot out the England, out the France team. Sorry, you cost me a cha a Champions League, a Europa League's place in the final. You know, I probably lost out on marketing opportunities because of this stuff around my name. You know, fans have been getting on to me. My qu my my character's been questioned, not just as a footballer but as a man, and that's gonna hurt. You know, my integrity is being put into question. This has been soul destroying, cause I know I've been innocent, and this is the least they can get. The sad thing is, you know, they've probably given him pennies. But it is what it is. At least he's got some sort of justice, really. But, yeah, people, it's been a fantastic 48, 50 minutes with you guys, however long this is. We've spoken, obviously, about the European action over the weekend. We've previewed the Premier League. We've obviously touched on some other topics that are just more broadly football. And, yeah, it is what it is, people. You know, I don't think anybody in the Premier League is playing on Monday. So there'll be another podcast Monday morning if somebody is, which nobody is because international there'll be you know so the next podcast of the dg deluded podcast really and truly podcast will be on monday morning so make sure you've got your reminders set make sure you're following me across all socials my links are in the description of this very podcast make sure you've hit the follow button on spotify i don't know if there's one for apple music but make sure you're doing it on apple and the rest of them you know make sure you're subscribed to the youtube channel i bring out a lot of content on such um but more most importantly stay safe people on that note people DG, I'm out. God bless.